Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I hope you're ready for a three-hour show. Hey, this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. I'm Simone de Rochefort. I'm a video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, Executive Director of the Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft. Oh boy, you ready for some news? <laughs> yeah, well, we've first so I much. Had to take Christina to tag. You pre-ordered a PS5 and you didn't like. Uh, you didn't give I, your I, friends I, a heads I'm up. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, I saw, know I, this. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, the Wario 64 suite. I, I saw it. I, I happened to get one, I believe, at, at um, I mean, it's looking like it's good from Target. They're now sold out of pre-orders. Um, Best Buy's website is still basically not letting me check out. GameStop is down, although they apparently have bundles, too. So shocker there, GameStop, or like being epitome of suckage. Um, and literally how their website works right now to listeners is that if I try to access it, and I've also tried accessing via our wonderful sponsor, ExpressVPN, it just gives me a giant, you are blocked um, and why is from that? visiting this website because they're using Cloudflare to try to prevent DDoSs, which makes sense. The problem is, is that they appear to have blocked every major, like, massive DNS provider. Um, oh, wait, and now it's up and it shows not available. Again, congratulations, <laughs> GameStop. You are, like, the epitome this of fail. This is all I'm saying. Okay, next oh time, because you're, you're connected. You are, when it comes to tech purchases, like this is you true. are the Illuminati. And I, 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 I so, apologize. Yes. I very much apologize for not keeping <laughs> um, you in the loop. To, to be totally fair, my priority, I didn't even, I didn't even want to buy this, you guys. What? This is not, this is not for me. I mean, I might get one eventually, but I don't yeah, care about getting a day one. You're buying it for a 15-year-old? Yes, I'm buying it for a child that is not even mine. I'm not even this child's parent, but uh, Ashley and Lindsay want to get Topher. He's a massive PS fanboy. He wants one. They are were having challenges trying to check out, and so I am. I'm here for them. So, oh boy! All right. Well, you know. So here's the story behind this week's show and what's happening. <laughs> we last week, as you might have noticed, there was some news. <laughs> we had yeah. an update on TikTok's whole thing. Nvidia freaking bought arm and we were like okay well we're gonna have a dope show and then it was like well and then on tuesday there's the apple event okay okay let's wait till wednesday to record and and then of course the ps5 event was today wednesday as we're recording this so things just kept like the biggest things anything that would be a top story in a normal week has yep, happened all the things also, we have amazing dessert. There is amazing Allison Mac news. I'm sorry, we can't sleep on that. We have to include that. Yeah, just in case you thought that four topics was enough for <laughs> us. No, we're bringing you a five-course meal. <laughs> you know what? It, we, we are almost at our 300th episode, and I feel like this is this is really kind of brilliant. Like this is setting us up for what's going to be a really fun news free show. So <laughs> yeah, we're just honestly. getting it all out of the we're we're just getting it all out of the way like early. So, yeah, let's start with PS5, since it seems like we've already kind of warmed up on that a little bit. So Mm -hmm. Sony had a live stream today with, finally, the details on the PlayStation 5. So, full console with the disk drive, $500. Digital only edition, $400. Launch is November 12th. And surprise, it's on sale now, uh, except... By the time you're listening to this, you can't buy it. And in fact, you can't buy it right now as we're recording this because it is sold out everywhere, as Christina has just said. Oh. Um, 
the prices. I have a feeling. Oh, I have a feeling that it will. Um, uh, they Sony had promised that pre-orders were supposed to go live on the seventeenth. Um, so I have a feeling that there will be more opportunities for people to check out. So I think you'll be okay, Brie. I'm torn here because uh, they had the PS5 event today. I'm all in on PlayStation. It's been my favorite console since PlayStation 1. You know, you've got Resident Evil, Final Fantasy 7, just generation by generation. I think they've done the most interesting things. That was certainly true last generation. But can we talk about the launch titles for this? Because Awful. Yes, I don't in fact. In think my, guess good, what? Yeah. I have more spiel to give you. <laughs> please, yes, please, sorry, please. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We interrupted you. Yes, go on. Uh, as you might have noticed from what I just said, the prices are actually the same as the two models of Xbox. So the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S. Uh, no, that's not correct. That's what? not correct. The, the, the Series S is two. Ninety nine. The 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 um uh, PlayStation oh, I uh, that then on is three ninety nine. So that they're round, not the same. When the, I rounded the, up three ninety nine to four hundred, I yeah. did bad math and I rounded two ninety nine up to four hundred as well. I'm an idiot. Anyway, all right. Well, in that case, in that case, the Series S does remain the best deal, doesn't it? Anyway, all right. Mm-hmm. So the full size console is the same price as the Series X. Uh, discrepancy between the other two. The launch lineup so far, we've got Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is the Spider-Man spinoff game. That Spider-Man game sold gangbusters for Mm -hmm. the PS4 when it came out, and people are pretty hyped for that. However, the other launch titles that they've hyped up so far are a Demon's Souls remake, uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. So to uh, the point that Brie was making last week about the Xbox games not being new, exciting IP. Again, here we're also seeing IP that uh, games that are already exist out there, uh, remasters and special editions. Uh, there are a couple more games. There's another, a new little big planet game called Sackboy Big Adventure and another, I don't know, car fighting game called Destruction All-Stars, which I don't know anything about. No and one cares. Later in 2021, we're getting Final Fantasy 16 and a Harry Potter game and then new updates on PlayStation-exclusive series like God of War and Resident Evil. Uh, On top of that, Sony has confirmed some of these uh, next-gen titles will cost $70, which is something that we've been seeing uh, off in the distance. We've been seeing on the horizon that games, the standard price of games will go from $60 to $70. Um, So yeah, Brie, go for it. Talk about launch titles. Well, I mean, okay, so... I thought the last Spider-Man game was okay. I mean, it was it was good. It was it Insomniac was a video game. game. I I've played this game a lot, right? Like <laughs> I played Infamous. I played Infamous Two. I played the spinoff. Uh, what was it, Dying Light or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I thought Spider-Man was very well done. I'm not particularly psyched for Miles Morales because it's not even a full game, right? Um, you know, Sackboy. I think he kind of had like Mario Maker has really owned that space in a way sony just can't do uh final fantasy 16 i am the biggest final fantasy fan you're ever going to meet in your life i've beaten every single one of them multiple times i've got all the figures i play final fantasy uh trading card game religiously this does not look like a good final fantasy uh it's all design work we've seen before it's about a Game of Thrones like War of the Crystals, not particularly exciting. Uh, Resident Evil uh, 8, The Village, 
I don't think looks particularly good. I, I hate to say it. Uh, Resident Evil is one of my favorite franchises. It looks very focused with it. It looks like a continuation of Resident Evil 7, which just didn't get that much of the, the zeitgeist. Um, you know, I feel like Resident Evil Remake did much better. Um, you know, As far as the Harry Potter game, mazel tov to my friends that work at that studio. I'm not supporting J.K. Rowling, period. Um, so there's... You know, traditionally, this has been my favorite console, but I just, I, I don't feel like there's a huge argument to go out and buy stuff at launch, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat. Um, <laughs> and I shouldn't be, because I probably should get one for work. But there's definitely, outside of the Little Big Planet game, uh, because I love that franchise, it's the freaking best, and I will brook no <laughs> alternative decisions or opinions on it. Um, there's nothing here that I will need immediately, provided, of course, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is available for this current generation, which I, I think it is. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it feels underwhelming to me. And the consensus seems to be that the, the best console for the next generation right now is a PC. I've seen that yeah. opinion floating around and, uh, I'll, yeah, I buy that. I buy that. I wouldn't buy one because I don't like playing games on PC, but I agree with the opinion. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I kind of, I think that both consoles I mean, and it's interesting, right? Like this is coming out on my birthday. It's coming out two days after the uh, um, Xbox. So, it, which is similar to how this thing has happened before. I think that both launch um, libraries are fairly disappointing. Um, there's going to be a lot of the big games are going to be still available on last gen as well. Uh, my friend Evan is one of the writers on the the Miles Morales uh, series, and so I really want to support him. And that excited me because I loved the Spider Man game. Like that's what actually finally forced me to get a PS4 after waiting forever was was Spider Man. But the fact that Sony, when they announced that it was basically more of a DLC than a full game, that that sucks. I feel honestly. like they kind of walked that back though. Well, they walked it back because they had to, but they didn't really like the way. I mean, you to me, I don't think that's true. Like, to me, I think that's like that. It, you told the truth. You got backlash from people, and then you tried to um, like m- manage the, the the conversation from a messaging standpoint. I, I I'm gonna be. Uh, we'll, we have to wait for the game to come out, but I feel f- pretty confident that they were right the first time, and then just didn't anticipate what the reaction was going to be and how negatively it would impact people's view of the game. And then they had smarter communications people who were like, okay, we'll, we'll manage what this means. But, you know, um, regardless, like if it does turn out to be a more full featured game, that's a good surprise. But I think the consensus for most people is they're expecting that it won't be. And so that makes it a little bit hard to be like, okay, I'm going to buy a whole new system uh, on launch day for one game. That's not even going to be like the full game. Right. Hmm. Like, there, I think that's there's hard. precedence for this too. So if yeah. you remember when the PS4 came out, um, the so Infamous and Infamous 2 came out on PS3. They were very good games, like really, really, really well done games. Second Sun came out. And it was one of the launch titles for the PS4. It got pretty mediocre reviews. Uh, and uh, the consensus was there just weren't enough new ideas there, but they had to mm. ship something for the new generation to come right. out. And then they did First Light, which was the 
you know, the the female character spinoff of it. Again, a very mediocre game. Yeah. And this feels very much that same I was gonna, thing. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I actually feel like the argument of like you're the best console is a PC and like I don't disagree. And like I prefer consoles and when I play on a PC, I play with a controller. I don't use a mouse and keyboard. I'm sorry, but I just don't. Uh, but um, I'll never be a competitive like PC gamer, mm. which is fine with me. I think uh, I need it. Sorry, also, it's, it's worth noting uh Miles Morales will be is one of the titles that will be on PS4 as well. Oh, I that I didn't know. I, I was not aware of that. So, all right. Well, now I have even less of a reason to, <laughs> to get one, honestly, because I can support Evan without having to get the new console. Yeah. But I think that, Brie, I think your point, like this is, and, you know, I think that COVID certainly plays a role in this. But what it seems like to me is with both of the console generations, we're at this place where they got the tech and they're really hype about the tech. But the games just aren't ready. And, you know, it's almost like they are competing with the PC, seeing how um, much the PC has kind of eaten the world um, the last couple of years, especially. And with NVIDIA, who we're going to talk about more a little bit later, you know, with, with the, the new chips that they've announced, you know, the new, the new graphics cards that are about the same cost as a console um, is for the high end players, like for the day one early adopters. I think there's a very good argument to make that says, okay, rather than spending $500 on a new console uh, plus 70 bucks a pop for games that are going to be marginally better um, than what you already have, and and maybe the most interesting stuff is going to still be at least six or eight months out, get a higher-end GPU for your gaming rig. And and a lot of those same games, obviously the exclusives won't, but a lot of those same games will also be, be available on PC. So this is a weird next-gen uh, release for me and that it seems like, you know, there's been this rush to get the hardware out because they'd almost like pre-locked themselves into when everything was going to be available, but the titles just aren't there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I would say thinking back to when I got the PS4, I definitely didn't get it at launch and I felt fine about that. And I felt even better when I eventually did get it and was able to take advantage of that whole wealth of of games that were available as well as the new Sony exclusives that did come out uh, later right. in its life cycle. Like, it felt right to me. And I feel like this is probably going to be a similar situation where certainly, as you said, there's nothing that's really screaming at launch to be played on this. All the stuff that we just said was exciting, like Spider-Man uh, Horizon Zero West is going to be on PS4 as well. The Sackboy game is going to be on PS4 as well. So right now, I would say the best deal of the consoles if we're taking pc out of the equation is probably still the series s xbox i would agree with that i would agree with that and i i'm actually the point and just because i'm not as like beholden to the playstation universe and and to be honest like i really loved the 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 ps2 um and and i really like the ps4 but i've never really been like a i'm not like a sony you know like like Mm -hmm. fanboy in that since i never have been um i've always been like a a team nintendo person (laughs) um but like I'm a Nintendo, uh, Nintendo, I guess is is how I uh, describe myself. Like if I were to buy an extra, <laughs> if I were to just, if I were to describe myself as like, uh, if I were to buy a console like day one, I actually at this point think that I would get a Series S because three hundred dollars really? is yeah, because three hundred dollars is not a big investment. I can have it, you know, um, on um, like a fourteen forty p monitor. I could try out some of the games that might not be coming to the the Series X um, or uh, not the Series X to, to the One uh, X or whatever. And it would be a good way to kind of play with xCloud and some of that stuff. Like to me, like I would be willing to make that overlay and then either keep it around as a secondary machine or sell it or whatever, and then buy 
uh, either a Series X or um, a, a PS5 later on down the road. So I, I don't know if I'm a- going to get anything day one, but if I if I do, I think I'm not going to go all in on a $500 console when there aren't games for either of them that I really want to play day one to the point where I'm like, I need to have this at this exact moment. Well, I'm going to try to get all of them day one. I mean, I am. You got to get jump on those trophies. Uh, I do. I, I, I think that the value proposition is pretty much a wash between these two systems. But what I can't get past is Sony charging $100 for an optical disc. Mm-hmm. This is almost like they're trying to put GameStop out of business. Oh, they there's, are. They are. There's it, just no value proposition no. there to spend $100 on an optical disc drive, in my Unless opinion. Unless you really and want well, a Blu-ray player. Right. Well, and well for, which some people do. It was not just a Blu-ray player. It's if you need backward compatibility with some of your games. This is actually, I think, I was highly critical of Sony releasing both SKUs, and I still am. I think that it's bad. I think it's anti-consumer. I think it's really clear that Sony didn't want to have an optical drive at all. I think yeah. it's really clear that they didn't want to do that. And the reality is you need to for a couple of reasons. One, there are people, if you're going to do backward compatibility, who have older games, um, as well as the small uh, number of people like myself who do have uh, who do use a gaming console as their ultra high definition Blu-ray player, right? The secondary thing, and this is a bigger thing, is that bandwidth is especially in certain parts of rural America, but it's a global thing, is not out of place where you can download a 200 gigabyte game efficiently in many parts of the world. You just can't. And so it's not, an, it, for, for better or worse, for many people, it is still much more efficient to get a game on disk and then download updates or whatever than it is to have everything digital. But to me, I think that's fair because I mean, I I recently plugged back in my PS3 and the experience of downloading my digital games on PSN was terrible. Scott Pilgrim is a fantastic example of this. People have been trying to get the, the fantastic Scott Pilgrim PS3 game relisted where you could buy it and because it was a digital only game ubisoft mm-hmm. ended up delisting it i was fortunate enough but if i want to go download scott pilgrim and i did i literally have to page through every <sighs> single transaction i've ever bought on right. psn that's page awful. by page right. by page and right, but, what I, but what i was going to say though even aside from like that terrible experience like to me if the world isn't ready for you to drop the optical disc, then don't drop the optical disc at launch. Keep yeah. it around. Like to me, it's 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 a really um, you're gonna have to bleep me here, but I think it's a really move where it's like they can't or, or or get off the pot. It's like either release it without the the optical drive or don't. But this halfway move where you're gonna charge a hundred dollar premium just strikes me as really petty. Like I I understand much more with the Series S and the Series X, right? The Series S being fully digital, it's differentiated beyond just that. It's diff- A, it's a $200 price difference, but B, it's differentiated at like the amount of storage, it's differentiated at the hardware capabilities in terms of graphics. It's a different sort of product. So I get why you can make that an argument for a different type of system. But for the PS5, when everything else is identical, and in fact, the design is basically the same, you're not even saving on space. Uh, you know, it's still this mammoth honking, gigantic concept console like it just it's like if you're not if, if you're not yet in a place where you can drop the optical drive which i know you want to do then don't drop it and then when you come out with the redesign which you know they're going to do they're going to have a ps5 slim as they've done for the last like four generations yeah. you know they, they always redesign the console then that's the moment that you drop the optical drive and go digital only but until then it just strikes me as just like a silly 
like it's like somebody somebody in the in the bean counters like like somebody like they had some McKenzie person who like couldn't make a decision and rather than actually doing the hard thing and just choosing to go one way or another they're like well we'll just do both and it just strikes me as so dumb even from like a like okay from a assembly line perspective, it's just so stupid to have two different SKUs that are basically identical except for the optical drive. And then to charge a $100 premium for it makes it that much more clear that they don't want people to buy the optical version. They do not want to do that. So it's, I don't know. I just, I think that it's a, it's a, it's like a really backwards move. I get it's, that they don't want to have it. It's definitely a bad move. I, I guess, and I'd be interested, like Simone, what you're going to do. But for me, I'm willing to let go of the optical drive. I think it's it's nice having physical copies of this this disc, but I, I live in Boston. I have confidence that there's going to be sure. internet. I'm not worried about I'm worried about Sony's back end uh, delisting this or not being able to access it in the future. But like with the Switch, I think I've bought one physical cart with that, and it's what I bought at launch. Uh, certainly since coronavirus, I've not bought a single physical copy of a, a PS4 game or an Xbox One game. So I, I think I'm going to save that $100 and move into the future. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, I think that's what they want people to do. I you think know that what I'm going to do? What's that? I'm going to tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by (laughs) ExpressVPN. Have you ever watched The Office? No, never. Amazing. Well, if you have, you probably know it's based on the show. You did it wrong, Christina. You did it freaking wrong. I'm sorry. Yes, of course, we've all seen The Office. It's it's based on a UK series called The Office. Mm -hmm. What if I told you? Here's some facts. There are nine other countries with their own versions of The Office that you may have never seen. I didn't know that. Uh, You probably didn't know about them because they're not usually available in your country. But you can access content around the world with no geo restrictions when you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think that you're located. You can choose from nearly 100 different countries, giving you access to content that isn't available in your region. So if you like watching shows, ExpressVPN is a must-have. Especially also because you're not going to go to those countries for a few years. For less than $7 a month, ExpressVPN lets you access thousands of new shows and movies on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and tons of other streaming services. It is a no-brainer, and it couldn't be easier to use. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app on your computer or TV, select a location, and hit Connect. And I know I mentioned that you're not going to be traveling to other countries for a while, but if you were, you would still want ExpressVPN anyway so that you could protect your data when you're in places like airports. Um, or maybe even maybe you are considering like traveling home for the holidays this year. Very scary. That's another good time to have ExpressVPN, even if you're not leaving the country, because you might be using public Wi-Fi at some point. Um, I like ExpressVPN a lot. I do find it very attractive and simple to use. Uh, and I think it is a great service. It's also incredibly fast and doesn't slow down your connection. Woo! Meaning you can stream content in HD quality with no issues. So, get the most out of your streaming services today at expressvpn.com slash rocket. If you go to that URL, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash rocket. 
Go there now. ExpressVPN.com slash rocket to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. Thank you. You know what I'm going to do, and it's going to be wait friggin' four years to buy anything because I'm a cheapskate. I want to talk about the just general chaos and confusion of this. Uh, because as oh. you might know, we have been waiting for months and months for any details on the PlayStation 5, while Microsoft has been, like, dropping little tidbits about the new Xboxes, you know, on and off for a while now. Like, there's been a steady stream, I would say, of new information about those products, um, even leading up to the the leak that we talked about last week or two weeks ago where it's like okay come on you're you're launching this thing in like a month and a half (laughs) it's uh we should see it by now thank you um anyway so playstation 5 kind of same deal like it's on sale now coming out in november and just now we're learning all of this information and it's created this absolute chaotic moment and to make matters worse it's not just that they waited until now to say all this stuff, uh, like the price, the release date, there has been so much confusion about (laughs) what is available on it. Like we just said earlier, we weren't sure initially which were PS5 exclusive games versus what ones were coming out for PS4. Uh, That's because Sony's been really unclear. In the Mm -hmm. trailer for Final Fantasy 16 today, uh, (laughs) on the end slate of it, there is an asterisk that said also available on PC, And so there's been confusion uh, because Square Enix then reached out and said that they couldn't confirm if FF16 was coming to PC, even though it said it was in the trailer that Sony showed during their showcase. They presumably Square Enix made. Yeah. Like, and there's still, we still don't have a full answer to that. Plus, there's been a a clip going around where Jeff Keighley, I think during today's presser, uh, it was said like, oh, yeah, there'll be a lot of warning for when when this thing will go on sale. Like, don't worry, we're not going to drop it. You'll know when it's going to go on sale. Of course, <laughs> it's announced that it's going to go on sale September 17th. And then it's like, oh, no, that's with select retailers. And then now it's on sale today, the 16th. Um, and everyone's flipping out trying to preorder it. Right. Right. I was going to say, nuts. like, like how, how bad is your messaging? Like, it's just... How, how could this have gone any worse? And and you've had all this time. Like, this is just... Yeah, they've not said anything for months and months and months. And then when they do say something, it's every single step of it. There's a, five different messages about when things will be available <laughs> and what's available. So it's nuts. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm... Yeah, I, I'm not happy with with any of this. I mean, I am glad that at least it appears right now, knock on wood, that, that Topher will have a PS5. But... Um, like the fact that his parents were like freaking out about this because, you know, they don't know because of, of, of just the confusion pre-orders because they're like, oh, it'll be tomorrow. And then I just assumed it was going to be tomorrow. And if I hadn't checked the Wario 64 Twitter account, which is honestly where I go for all of my like console release and game like release like links, it's the best resource. I, I wouldn't have been able to get mm-hmm. one from Target um, at all. So... That is my final thought on the PlayStation 5. Shall we move on to our next topic? Let's do it. All right. 
It's going to be TikTok. <laughs> oh, oh. All right. So Christina swore in the last segment. I'm going to be swearing in this one. I will keep an ear out. I'll keep an eye on the time codes. <laughs> so here's the deal. Obviously, we've been having like playing The Bachelor with TikTok for a while now mm-hmm. uh, because Trump wanted to ban it in the U.S. unless it was sold to a U.S. company. And then he wanted millions of dollars for orchestrating that deal. OK, whatever. We'll address that. Um, Microsoft and Oracle were the top two contenders. Um, And now, weird news, ByteDance has accepted Oracle's offer to take over TikTok's U.S. hosting, which is a deal where TikTok would not be sold off from ByteDance, but Oracle would just take care of our sweet, sweet American data. Now, as of an hour ago, or an hour and a half ago or so on Wednesday the 16th, this deal has not been approved by the White House, so who knows what's going to happen. Uh, CNBC was kind of leaning towards Trump says he's not happy. Uh, but oh, guess who please. else isn't happy? Basically no one, <laughs> except for maybe Christina and her love of chaos. Because Yeah, I mean, I, I love the drama, so I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah, the drama is um, very juicy. If this is accepted, um, people who do genuinely have concerns about TikTok and American user security are saying this, if it is accepted, it would basically show that this concern over TikTok and wanting to ban it is just posturing because. Wait, what? Uh, this, that's what people what? are saying. That's what no, people I'm are just, saying. I'm, no, I'm, saying I, I, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. What really? Trump Trump would use his, his own kind of like trade war to, 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 in, to invent security reasons for, uh, you know, for, for, for banning somewhat for, for banning companies from operating in the United States? Are you serious? What, could this really not be about security? Could this all be theater and just about a trade war? Are you serious? Really? Well, that's very spicy of you. Show so some for, respect for the presidency. Simone. Yeah, Come please, on. Christina. Yeah. <laughs> for example, uh, because Oracle would just be like stewarding the app in the US, it were ByteDance to write malware into TikTok's code. Oracle couldn't really do anything about it. Were ByteDance to change the algorithm to censor certain content or promote other content? Uh, Oracle wouldn't really have access. Oracle wouldn't be able to control the algorithm. So the people who were, you know, for selling the selling TikTok USA off and separating it from TikTok the rest of the world are like, mm-hmm. hey, <laughs> this doesn't do anything. Um, I do have one piece of good news for you. And it's that lawyers say it would be illegal for Trump to be paid any money were a deal to be reached over TikTok. So, you know, that's something. Okay. So so I have a lot to say about this. This is outright damn corruption of the American system. So if you go back... Larry Ellison, the, the, the head of Oracle, right? He was one of the very first people in Silicon Valley that went out on a limb and started having fundraisers for Trump. He took his lumps. He got master blasted. But here we are years later. And I know you can't say this, Christina, but Microsoft was knocked out of the bidding. They didn't decide not to do it. They were told their bid was not accepted. Yeah, I mean, in the that, statement, that's what... That... 
I mean, the press release said said that right. Um, right there. Yeah. Right. In the statement, they they threw some shade that I and a lot of people interpreted as if we had bought TikTok, we would have increased the security. We could have, you know, increased privacy. It, they had some very specific things with regard to national security that they were going to do with that. And instead... We just get this press release saying that was not accepted. And then Oracle is over here and works out a damn licensing deal with TikTok. <laughs> so they're just basically licensing the technology. It's not even a licensing the, deal. They're, it's a hosting deal. They're, they're right, going to be the cloud. It's a hosting deal. They're, they're going to be hosting. They're going to be the cloud provider. They are, they're going right. to move ta- you know, the data centers from where TikTok is right now to Oracle's data centers. That's right. what this is. Which offers zero zip nothing on security on cybersecurity that we can see from the outside maybe there's some protocol inside that we're not uh, privy to but it doesn't seem very likely and this is just let's really be clear this is the united states government going to an outside uh, a tech company outside the u.s literally asking for damn money for for this mafia-like job of threatening to not let them do business in the united states and then oh oh holy crap it just goes to one of the trump cronies the people that stood by him it offers nothing to help the american people on the pretext for creating all this drama in the first place it's just outright corruption there's there's no other way to look at this unless you are incredibly gullible and stupid and it it just really makes me mad yeah, I mean, I, I would say that with this, and I've said this from the beginning, so I'm uh, in no way like this isn't like an I told you so thing from me, but my position from the beginning has been that whatever the real like security challenges or, or fears about TikTok have been, have been, in my opinion, completely overblown. Like they might exist, they might not. I don't really care. I think that it has been used as a way to, uh, as a distraction, and it has been used as a pawn in this, in this, in in Trump's, you know, bigger trade war and like, you know, um, uh, measuring contest with China. And, and that's all this has been about. Like, this hasn't been about, like, this has never been about security. This has never been about, like, I mean, and, and I think that, that that becomes immediately clear when, you know, we don't know if the deal is going to be accepted. But I, Steve Mnuchin, who is going to be the one who's going to, you know, have the biggest say other than Trump on, like, whether this goes through or not basically seem to signal that that it is going to happen. So unless, you know, the 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 backlash is so significant that that the Trump decides to deny it, which I doubt, you know, um this is the deal that's going to happen, which is completely different than what the administration claimed they were trying to do. And I actually still stand by, and I wasn't really able to talk about this before Microsoft uh, dropped out of the bidding, but I actually think it's pretty grotesque that the United States would have would take the position where they would force a foreign company to divest itself and for this to have to, for this to exist at all. Put any I don't care if this actually was legit spyware and like a massive security threat. I don't think that I'm not comfortable with countries having the the um you know taking the stance of being like we're going to order you to split up and and divest yourselves and change how you do business. That's not cool. Like that's not okay. I w- I would be I would be grossed out if China was doing this to a U.S. company. And in fact, when they've tried to do this sort of thing, the the U.S. companies with backbones have said, "Okay, fine, we're not going to be in your market. Mm -hmm. We don't care. So to me, like it's 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 just completely the whole thing is it's just been, um, you know, about vendettas and not about anything else. And the fact that this is all going to come down to it looks like in a best case scenario, uh, a, a cloud deal 
You know, <laughs> like it, it's just funny. It's just like, OK, I mean, and, and honestly, it, let's say the deal doesn't go through. Let's say that the Trump still does, because like uh, it, in four days is, is when the the time is up for, for TikTok to have to be sold or whatever. Um, they're going to get an injunction. And they're not it's not as if they'll be forced to stop operating immediately. And with any luck, we'll have a different administration um, in, you know, 50 days or so. And and that could have a very different impact on things, because, again, like I, I haven't seen anything from from the security standpoint that proves why the United States should be forcing a company to divest itself and to change everything about the way that it operates uh, I, t- I totally like, agree. And every time I come back to that is the, the root issue of this, that it feels so uh, arbitrary is not the right word, because obviously, as Breeze just said, it's it's trade war. Ha ha ha. It, it just feels so ridiculous and personal and pointed in a way where this shouldn't we shouldn't even be having this conversation with this level of specificity about this one freaking app. It right. is ridiculous. I don't even think it's trade war. I think it's outright corruption. Because if this did anything to help anyone in the United States on trade, that's not apparent to me. And I, 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 it's just corruption. It's Trump rewarding the people that stood by him. Yeah, Howard Stern, when he was uh, giving an interview, like uh, Trump asked him to come out and speak at his convention in 2016. And he was talking about, you know, if I'd stood by him, I could be in charge of the uh, of the uh, uh, FEC. <laughs> and could, like, I could be chairman of the FEC, the thing that censored him so much in the, uh, in the 90s. I could come forward and, and like, uh, yeah, like yeah. rule over all of that. The other thing I've got to talk about is, okay, rage aside, can we just talk about how funny it is that the Oracle? Oracle. Uh-huh. Because if you look at their product, like, what's the stuff they have? Like, Database. NetSuite, which no. is garbage. No, 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 yeah. they make a very, no, they make very, very good enterprise databases. And, they, and they that, do. That, but that's, but that's what they're known for. Like, they're not a consumer company. A database. But <laughs> it's, it's, what is their core competency? Fine. It's, it's database stuff. It is uh, cloud services for managing, like, sprawling business empires and the capital that goes along with that. It's supply chain, like, like location stuff and man- making sure you're Not managing even all your TikTok resources could make there. This sexy. No, oh, no, I mean, well, no, also, obviously, also, they're known like they have the most complicated um, service agreements and yes. subscription <laughs> things like subscription policies. No, like it's a known thing where you never know what the contract says. Like the joke about like there, there's this really funny meme that describes how like different company org charts work. And the Oracle one is that you have this, this huge group of lawyers and then this very small group of engineers. And that basically kind of describes it. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is, is that the way that they historically do acquisitions is, um, let's just say, not great. So they acquired <laughs> a company called uh, Sun Microsystems uh, a decade ago, and and Sun owned Java, and so Oracle basically bought them so they could sue Google over Android, and that case is still ongoing and is still in litigation and has been for a long time. And I'm not going to get into the details of that. But Sun ran, um, had some hardware that they got rid of, uh, Spark. They also made an operating system called Solaris, which has been killed. They bought an open source database, MySQL, which uh, Oracle <laughs> has done everything to kill, but that forked and has has, has lived on. Um, but basically, like if you want like a textbook example of how uh, culture clashes can be really bad when uh, companies are acquired, 
you just want to look at sun. And so I, I made like a, a tweet where I was like, yeah, I'm sure that there's not going to be any culture problems at all. And this is going to work great. And everyone at TikTok is going to assimilate perfectly with an Oracle. And there, <laughs> there's nothing at all to be worried about. Like this is going to turn out fantastic. Yeah. And and so, yeah, I mean, from that perspective alone, I'm like, look, if Oracle actually left them alone and treated them like Instagram was treated for the first, you know, uh, six or seven years of their existence, fine. But uh History does not show that that happens. You know what this would be like? This would be like if woke up tomorrow and she found out that Speedrun had been acquired by the Wall Street Journal uh, <laughs> financial page. And she's going in there and they're like, okay, the stock price is today. Yep. we got to go out there and cover this acquisition. There's a stock split for, yes, and Simone, what are you doing? I'm shooting Speedrun. Woo! <laughs> like, 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 it's just these two things don't oh, go together. I mean, I would welcome that at this point. But <laughs> um, well, any final thoughts on this freaking nonsense? Lol. Lol. Vote. I, yeah. Vote. If, Vote. We'll, we'll, of course, have updates on this next week, no doubt, because I'm sure that as soon as this show ends, uh, as soon as we stop recording, Trump is going to announce his decision on whether the deal is approved, which, like, like I said, I just punched my microphone it feels completely deranged to me that I have to wait to hear what the president says about this friggin' financial transaction. But, well, that's the world we live in. Yes, vote. Next up. Okay. Let's do ARM NVIDIA next. <laughs> oh, my God. In acquisitions that make sense news. In acquisitions that make sense news. That's why this this is a, a wine pairing. This is the, the beautiful meal that we are pairing with the deranged wine of the Oracle TikTok news. This is like a, a foie gras. NVIDIA is buying ARM for $21.5 billion in stock and $12 billion in cash. <laughs> this is huge. But as Christina said, this one makes sense uh, because it Total creates sense. this nutty chip powerhouse that will have its tentacles in basically everything. So ARM, of course, creates chip architecture that you can find in devices from Apple, such as your phone, um, devices from Google, Amazon, and Huawei. And NVIDIA makes chips that are used in PCs and consoles, as well as data centers that train AI. Uh, they will be forming, uh, should this deal go through, I think it is still like, it, the, the ink is not signed yet. Um, but should this happen... They will form a giant robot that will fight Intel for uh, control of the world, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think this is um, and, and I will point out, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, what, what does this mean for Apple? What does this mean for Samsung, Qualcomm, you know, et cetera? And, and certainly uh, I'm sure that they don't love that one of their competitors in some ways is going to own ARM. But ARM has different types of businesses. And NVIDIA has said that the licensing business will not change. And I'm sure that that's probably uh, something that the deal would be contingent on. And these companies have perpetual licenses to all future designs. So Apple doesn't use, it, or not designs, but instruction sets. So Apple doesn't use any of ARM's designs. They just use the instruction set and then they build their own designs of the chips. Like they, they're not using anything other than the instruction set. So uh, I, I think uh, I want to hear what, what you and Brie have to say, but I mean, this, this, is, this makes a ton of sense. Um, obviously, Qualcomm wishes that they could do this, but antitrust things mean that they are not able to. 
you know, Intel, uh, I've always said would be like the perfect company to buy this. But yeah. of course, that would never be allowed either. So um, NVIDIA d- is doing amazing things in GPUs and their SOCs have need some work, you know, but but the, but the Tegra platform, like as we've seen with the Switch, can be really successful. And um, I don't know, I keep thinking about Apple, their best acquisition ever. Uh, well, Okay, it, it can go one of two ways. You can either say when Apple acquired Next in 1996, which brought back Steve Jobs, or I would actually argue at this point the bigger and more important acquisition was when they acquired PA Semi um, back in um, like like 2007, so uh, or 2008. And PA Semi was an ARM licensee and a semiconductor company. And when Apple bought PA Semi, that was what led them to making their own chips, which now a decade and a half later is the thing that is like they're killing it on everybody. We'll talk about that some with the with the iPad in a little bit. And and that, you know, $278 million has has paid, you know, uh has made them I, I would say is a very big part of why they are a two trillion dollar company. So yeah. uh obviously Intel buying uh Intel NVIDIA buying ARM is not going to have that same impact and they're paying significantly more. But I feel like in some ways this is less about any of the money they'll get from licensing because they'll just let that run on its own way and is more about saying, okay, we know how to do GPUs really well, but we're going to get some really good risk engineers and, um, you know, uh, you know, chipset designers and people that we can work with so that we can really go head to head with the apples of the world in, in developing the next generation of really, really powerful uh, microprocessors, which is, I don't know, exciting. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm really, I wouldn't buy Intel stock. That's my my (laughs) tip for you this week. So look, if you think about it, like really where the innovation has been in our field as far as hardware, um, you've obviously got the the leaps and bounds we've seen with risk architecture in the last 15 years. Just absolutely stunning, right? And we've talked about Intel's problems with their roadmap, roadmap and XA6 quite a bit. I feel like something that's not talked about as much is the breakthroughs in GPUs mm-hmm. and the frameworks and the, the relevant things there. Like, you know, dynamic lighting is going to be something on this next generation of consoles. It's the one feature that's actually interesting to be able to do that. So, I mean, that is a huge, massively difficult engineering problem that they've managed to figure out. And yeah, we can talk about uh, you know light map resolution and the ways that they cheated, and it's not quite there yet. But the the bottom line is, I think when it comes to when it comes to to hardware like architecture, the things that Nvidia is doing is currently a lot more interesting than what Intel is doing with x eighty six. So when you combine these two things together and have them doing ARM and the most interesting GPUs in the world. And you've got the fact that AMD is putting out better Intel chips than (laughs) Intel. Right. I mean, it is a, this is a bad situation. And I, I correct me if I'm missing something here, Christina, I don't think the Trump administration would do anything if uh, Intel put a bid down as far as it being anti-competitive. I don't think Steve Mnuchin is going to quash no, that deal. Um, I, I don't think the Trump administration would, but they wouldn't be dealing just with the Trump administration. Arm is a UK company. So it wouldn't be so 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 that that would be the issue. It's not so much. Okay, that's so, fair. Okay, so like it, yeah. because that's the that's the that's the big thing. Um, you know, uh, SoftBank bought them, but it, it's a UK company, so it would be about the European Union. Uh, it would be about the the you know United Kingdom. Um, 
that I think is where they would have massive okay, issues. That makes sense. See, I was missing something. But I mean, long story short, this in acquisition it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to be great for innovation, but we'll see. I mean, I think what's interesting, I'll point out, when you, you're talking about how good NVIDIA is doing um, with, with GPUs and and obviously with, with graph, pure graphical stuff, that's true. But I think what gets missed sometimes, and um, uh, Ben Thompson mentioned this in his uh, article on um, uh, Stratosherry this week, but he talks about CUDA, which is their parallel uh, computing platform. And this is, CUDA is massive. And and I know this because a lot of people that I work with who do, you know, any stuff in, in AI, data science, uh, it, it's, it's a massive platform for them. And it's a really, really big deal. CUDA only works with NVIDIA video cards. This is actually, I think, a growing problem for Apple, to be completely candid, because the fact that Apple and NVIDIA uh, are uh, hate each other so much means that you can't use NVIDIA cards, um, you know, on, on Apple machines unless you are using an external card or uh, you are booting up, you know, in boot camp or whatever and, and using Windows. So Linux and, and Windows is where you can use CUDA, and it is been really optimized. It's really become a fantastic platform for programmers who can do tons and tons of stuff without having to actually understand uh, how they need to program graphics, but yet they can take advantage of the the chipsets themselves. And it's uh, it's been really, really successful. And so I think taking from the lessons of CUDA and applying that potentially towards more specialized, you know, uh, or, or not specialized, but even more generalized like systems on a chip things, could be really, really interesting. And that's where I'm not that worried about innovation because I could see, you know, Apple bought PI Semi and there was a ton of innovation. Like, I, I don't yeah. feel like innovation equals open. I, I feel like if you get the right people involved working on stuff, you can you can do really innovative things. So I don't know. Oh, It'll be interesting. I, I agree with that. I just think, you know, it's uh, respectfully, I think like, the number of cell phone companies we've seen in the United States has certainly led to a lack of competition and a lack sure. of innovation there. I, I mean, it's not a grand point here. It's just there's one fewer company producing hardware now, and I, I think that has a non-zero effect. It'll probably be fine. It's well, just, well, well you know, the, one, the one correction yeah. I'll make is that, that ARM does not produce hardware. ARM licenses instruction sets Fair and designs. Enough, but you so get, you get I, the no, I, I totally yeah. understand what you're saying, yeah. and, and I, I don't disagree that it has been nice that ARM has been sort of this independent entity, and I don't disagree with that at all. I'm giving I you would a be final really, thought warning for yes, this topic. <laughs> I, I, and then I'm done. I was just going to say, I would be very concerned if there were significant changes to how the licensing business works. That would be the thing that would concern me. But assuming that doesn't change, I I think that we could see some interesting stuff from this. That's just my perspective. All right. Well, <laughs> I feel like I should do a <laughs> fake ad read, but oh, we've actually got an ad uh, for with a uh, relay president co-founder oh, uh, Stephen Hackett. So we have a special guest here today. Uh, this is Relay. What is your official title, Stephen? Stephen, is it president? What is your official title at Relay? No, founder? we're uh, we're hipster millennials. So hipster we're both Mike and I are both co-founder. Co-founder, awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. So we're here with uh, co-founder of Relay, uh, Stephen Hackett, uh, who is here. You're doing a big fundraiser this month. Uh, tell us all about that. Yeah, absolutely. So. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and every September, Relay FM raises money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is located here in my hometown of Memphis. And Mm -hmm. it's important to me for that reason, but it's also important to me because my wife and I's oldest son, when he was just an infant, was diagnosed with a a rare and fairly aggressive form of brain cancer. Yeah. And because of St. Jude... 
He's with us today. He's in fifth grade. He's doing really well. And it's just, it's a real honor to be able to give back to an institution that has given us so much over the last decade. And I mean, as of today, like we're recording this on the 14th. I mean, Relay has raised a lot of money this year for for St. Jude. It's almost 200000 right? Yeah. Yeah. Coming up on 200000 uh, which is simply incredible. We're, we're well ahead of where we were at this point last year. And it's it's so humbling. I mean, I think I think a lot of people know that the Apple community and the tech community, like, you know, there's pros and cons to all communities and uh, good things and bad things. But I'm just I'm so humbled by the community getting behind this every year. It it really means a lot to us. I think, you know, and this is just sharing a personal story, but growing up in Mississippi, it's not a secret that it's one of the poorer states in the country. And you know, I have known a lot of people growing up, especially, you know, in my school that couldn't afford to get health care when they were diagnosed with cancer that went mm-hmm. to St. Jude to get to basically save their lives. I can think of three people off the top wow. of my head. So this is, you know, the South is really a part of the country that's this ravish and they help people from all over. But I can tell you personally, this has saved the lives of some of our classmates. So Anyway, here at Rocket, we wanted to do our part. Uh, we encourage everyone to donate if you can. So join Relay FM in support of St. Jude um, because it is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And just so you know, childhood cancer remains the leading cause of death for kids under 15, uh, you, which you experienced, right, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, our, our son is is doing well, but I, I got to tell yeah. you, we, we have so many friends who whose kids didn't make it through this. and. And that's what fuels St. Jude to move forward. They've actually, this is wild to me. And the St. Jude's been around almost 60 years, but in those decades, they've moved the cancer survival rate for kids from 20% to 80%. And and a single person, that's in my father's lifetime. It's amazing. Um, But they're going to keep pushing uh, until they they get uh, all the way across the line. And, And, you know, you mentioned about, you know, this is really expensive and a lot of people can't afford even basic health insurance. Well, St. Jude does all of this without charging the families a dime. So yeah. our son's been a patient for over a decade and they've never billed me for MRIs, chemotherapy, right. physical therapy, meals, travel. All of it is covered through St. Jude and through donors like uh, listeners out there in Relayland who are making this possible, which is really cool. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't know this, that, um, you know, once, once, um, you know, once you recover from this, that's not, you know, all she wrote, like there is an ongoing uh, series of transfusions, you know, physical therapy, sometimes Mm -hmm. you need cognitive therapy. So they're, they're ongoing costs for parents. And a lot of the, a lot of the increased survival rate, people don't know this, It, it happens because of the continuing care. And if you have that kind of access to care, it just, it, it, it leads to better health outcomes. So anyway, I just want to encourage everyone to go donate. Uh, you can do that by going to stjude.org forward slash relay. Once again, that's stjude.org forward slash relay. Do your part. And uh, thanks for coming on and telling people about this, Stephen. Thank you. All right. Our final topic before dessert, it is the Apple event. <laughs> Which, of course, as you know, means it's not just one topic, but several topics oh, all so bundled many, together in some so sort of subscription package. 
<laughs> but we're not starting with that. We're starting with the new iPad Air. Okay, so Apple is refreshing the iPad Air. This one looks like uh, basically the current iPad Pro design. It's available next month, priced uh, from $599. This baby has a 10.9-inch liquid retina display, uh, true tone support, anti-reflective coating. Whoa, fancy new chips. 40% 40% of performance improvements? I can't read. Four-core GPU. It supports the Magic Keyboard and Apple Pencil, and it is available in f- a bunch of beautiful colors. Uh, silver, space gray. Sorry, silver, comma, space gray, comma, rose gold, natch. Ah! Yeah. No, green. that's new. It's back. It's back. <laughs> and it's sky the, blue. It's been gone for a while. It's back. The, yep. the sky blue is great, but I'm just... Can we take a moment uh, we can and, take and celebrate at least we're... ten minutes to celebrate the no, return of Rose Gold? I just I just want to take <laughs> a moment and 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 say thank you. Rose Gold is back. Thank you. I feel like I'm responsible for uh, forcing okay, it back. But, but now we have to have it out because you were talking on Twitter about buying this thing and you own an iPad Pro. Yeah. And Christina, I just I oh I, now oh I, hang I, on I just, yes <laughs> no that's ridiculous. Have, Christina, we, why just because yeah of the color? don't do that don't do that. I need a teleprompter. What the f- what the f- what you got? You have iPads around your house, I'm sure. You Last have iPads I, just hanging from your walls. I don't anymore. I don't anymore. My old iPad Pro is is in the the Microsoft office because the iPad they bought as a teleprompter was left by someone who was not me. I swear in another country, and so they've been using mine. And I don't even know if I can get in that building to be honest. So that is inaccessible inaccessible to me right now. And. I don't know. I oh want a new God. rose gold toy. Don't, don't. I mean, look, this is stupid, but I have, I have a few weeks to think about it. But yes, go on, tell us, now, tell I, us more about I the other I think I have the more compelling case here. I have not had an iPad since my iPad. I honestly care. I think I had the iPad three, two or three, a bajillion years ago. Um, and I had sent it back to them because I had not used it in forever and it got very, very slow. However, I saw this and I was compelled by the fact that it's compatible with all the new toys, even though mm-hmm. as a cheapskate, I wouldn't get the new toys. I was compelled by its fun new stats. It seems like a juicy little little machine. And I was extremely compelled by the fact that I could choose between, of course, rose gold, green and sky blue, because I don't know why I would buy a silver or a gray iPad when those options exist. And I said in in WhatsApp, I said, okay, I know I say that I'm going to buy this thing all the time and then I never buy the thing. So guys, be ready to shame me tomorrow because I'm going to say that I want to buy this thing. And Brie, you said you shouldn't buy it. Tell me why. No, I said Christina shouldn't buy it. You, you your should. reasonable oh. use case. This is a great price point. It's compatible with all the best stuff that makes the iPad Pro uh, a device that I use more than my Mac. I l- adore my iPad Pro with the Magic Keyboard. So I think for you, this is a great, great, fantastic use case. Let's be clear. Christina wants it because of the color when she has a faster <laughs> one already. Yeah. So I don't right. think that's a compelling argument. No, Love you, well, Christina. Exactly. And honestly, yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah. Let me tell you one <laughs> of the things that's exciting me most about it. Um Besides the idea that I could theoretically, you know, carry it when I go visit my family in December and stay in Washington for a month instead of a laptop. Um, I'm excited because I have the AirPods now and being able to just swap between my MacBook and my phone, my iPhone and my iPad with the same headphones is so exciting to me. I don't know, guys. It's compelling. 
Yeah, no. And also, in addition to the amazing rose gold color, it also comes in this really cool green and this very tempting blue. Dude. And I, yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm thinking about you. I'm like, you love your colors. Like, this would be. I do. You know, like, I, I, I'm i thinking the blue for you. I don't I don't want to speak for you. But like, that was the one that like I saw that I was like, ooh, Simone would dig the blue. I dig the blue. <laughs> you are right. Plus, plus, Christina would steal it. If you got <laughs> okay. The fact that we are no, talking I about what color it. iPad I would buy is telling me that it's time for us to move on to yeah, the Apple Watch Series fair. 6. <sighs> okay. The Apple Watch Series 6 adds a ton of uh, adds some new sensors including some exciting ones that we're going to talk more about including uh blood oxygen monitoring and the improved sleep tracking uh they're saying that it can measure blood oxygen levels in about 15 seconds using red and infrared light and apple is working with healthcare companies to determine whether they could use blood oxygen results to uh, see if somebody has COVID. So that's something that they're, an option that they're exploring that is in no way confirmed. However, quite cool. S6 processor. It's the first major update to the Apple Watch's performance since the Series 4. Uh, Got better uh, maintaining the same battery life uh, uh, with improved performance, charging from zero to full in 90 minutes. And alongside the Series 6, which is lovely, Apple is announcing the Apple Watch SE, a cheaper option. The Series 6 is going to be available to order starting yesterday, I believe. Yeah, September 15th. Uh, ships on Friday, September 18th. And the SE, which starts at 279 can also be pre-ordered as of yesterday ahead of availability again Friday. Um, and the Series 3 now sells at $200. So... Those are those are the top level announcements from the Apple Watch portion. Of also, the Apple new Day. colors. What was that? Yeah, new, new colors, colors. For the aluminum. Like, Ugh. like it comes in blue and a red. <laughs> like, I'll never buy a non um, stainless steel or titanium um, uh, Apple Watch, but uh, most people will. And uh, I actually am sort of like I kind of want a blue one, even though I have no absolutely no reason for one. I sort of want a blue one. So I was weak. I said I would wait to hear your arguments before buying one. <laughs> I gave in. I, yeah. I bought it. And I, no, I've fair. said this on the show before. Um, I think the stainless steel looks nice. I had that first generation. And I I personally, because I run so much, totally. uh, I just... I feel like the weight difference is more important to me than the um, than the the niceness. And frankly, I have a very nice Omega watch that I wear when See? I you know go on yeah. go on TV. The, the so that's like my you know three thousand vintage three thousand dollar vintage piece of jewelry. So um, you know, so I don't my my Apple Watch is really utilitarian device. Um, I did update upgrade this because um, with the band and Apple Care, it was five hundred dollars. I have a series four and this is just it's you know it's a good it's, upgrade it's a, it's a reasonable point to do it especially with the trade-in but the real secret reason i'm doing this is because i made the stupid mistake of buying the cellular model a feature i've not used once oh. in all these years and for the life of me i cannot figure out how the hell to get it off of my data plan oh, no. i've tried everything i'm being charged all this money for a feature i don't use so my hope is if I send it back and deactivate that watch entirely that I can finally get rid of that uh, cellular data service. So, so you're um, paying that's what I did. $500 yes. 
it, it's not that. What is it like five a month, ten a month, something like that? But it's dumb. It's just not, especially not with COVID. No, I mean you're you paying five hundred dollars yeah. for the new watch so that you can stop paying five dollars a month. Right. For- exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's part Makes of sense. It. But it's it's don't buy the cellular. But maybe there are other people out there that use it. I the one use case I I found for it was when I had left my keys locked in the house with my phone and I was able to unlock the front door so I didn't have to go around to the back and find my secret key. But even that is not worth like $5 a month, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't blame you. I think that you're you're completely like uh, fine here. I, um, I get a certain amount of money from the company every year for fitness stuff. And apparently someone pointed out to me that I could also have used it for home office upgrades, but that's oh. neither here nor there. Cause I already, I already bought it and I've already submitted the expense oh report. God. So we it is weak. what it is. We're weak. So I bought, I bought the, um, I didn't get it in gold this time. I'm going to keep my gold series five with Ooh. the, uh, gold, um, uh, like, a, a you know, um, whatever it is like the, the silver, uh, bracelet or, or whatever the, the, the design is. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to keep that one around just for, if I ever want to be fancy, but I went ahead and I went back to stainless steel so that I could get the modern buckle. Cause I've really missed that. I, I gotta be honest. I didn't love like the, the loop bracelet. Um, I have a really small wrist, which is why I didn't get one of the new mm. single loop, um, bands because I, without seeing it in person, I do not trust that that will be able to fit on my wrist tightly enough to mm, actually yeah. keep it connected to my skin. Like I can, like Can I, I ask a question here? Yeah. Because I didn't get the modern buckle because I could have sworn you were the person that told me it sucks. Like it's no. this big heavy thing that's there and bothers you. No, I love the it's modern not? buckle. Uh, no, I oh, love the modern it. buckle. No, I love the modern buckle. What I don't like is the um whatever it is, like the link bracelet. Like that's, okay. that's the thing. That's the thing I don't like as much, um, is, is the link bracelet. Like I, uh, but I love the modern buckle. I got that oh. when it first came out. It's really pretty. It's, it's one of my favorite things. Um, and, uh, th- that one though, the problem is the accents are all in silver. Oh. They're not, they had one last year that was an accent in gold, but it's all in silver. And so I was like, oh, I can't have mismatched. So that's why I'll keep the series five around. And Simone, good news for you. Um, the series three, they are going to give me a hundred bucks for. So you're going to get the series four, which has cellular. It's not activated, but you can activate it if you want. You don't have to if you don't want to. It is also uh, gold stainless, and that's what you're going to get as your new watch. Um, once my old one arrives, and when I'm mailing out the the series three to Apple, I will also mail you the series four. Yeah! So congratulations. Fine. After probably three to four years of waffling <laughs> on buying an Apple Watch. I owe you my life, Christina. The Milanese Loop, that's the name of it. Yeah, the Milanese Loop is the one I don't love. So really? uh, I love that one. See, my problem with it, again, it's the size of my wrist. Yeah. Um, the small Milanese Loop is still one of those things where even when made its tightest is still slightly too big on my wrist at times. And uh, so I have to set my watch up higher than I would normally like to. Mm, and I, and even then it sometimes I've, I've had it like kind of come apart and like, you know, come close to, it's never fallen off, but it kind of comes closer. So can we, I'm uh, interested. What do you guys sorry, think about on. the uh, blood oxygen thing and the new sleep monitoring? 
that's why I'm buying is the blood, blood oxygenation, yeah. which has, you know, it can help with coronavirus, but it's a really helpful uh, fitness workout metric. Um, you know, sometimes like when I get over bronchitis or something like that, I'm, I'm trying to work out. And I'm like, am I just being weak or do I need to just push through not feeling well? This is a very accurate metric that can tell you. So uh, they're just a mil- like for running or spin class. This is fantastic. So I'm psyched. Yeah, I I, um, I don't care as much, but it's a good feature. And it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of the, the professional like fitness watch, like run- runner's watches, Garmin and people like that have had VO2 uh, max um, uh, like sensors in their products for years. Fitbit has had that for a long time runners really, really like it. I've never used it, but I'm not opposed to having it. And the sleep stuff I'm excited about. I'm also excited about seeing what this will do to battery life because my only complaint with the Series 5 was that the Series 4 was such a great watch. Honestly, it's like a, it's probably my favorite Apple watch ever. Uh, But um, the battery life was significantly worse on the Series 5 with Mm. the always on screen. And so I'm hoping that that will be um, changed a little bit more. Um, And so, uh, you know, but at the very least, I will have two watches, so I could always have a, a daytime, nighttime oh, watch. Lord. <laughs> I mean, I know, but, but but Simone, at least now I have two watches instead of three. So, I mean, that, from what I understand, it's always nighttime in Seattle right now. I'm sorry. This is true. <laughs> this, but um, bump. This is true. But yeah, um, I should I, just some wildfire references for you, yeah, you folks at home out there. I mean, it's pretty smoky, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm um, I'm excited for you to get your watch. I'm excited for you, Brie, to get your watch. Uh, I, I guess uh, what I worry about is I got the red aluminum and nothing freaking matches this. I mean, I find why that. Why did you uh, get the Alastro- red aluminum then? Because she wanted red is because my favorite red. color. Because she's is my red. Favorite color. That's, I, I, my car is red. My purse is red. I just, I love Fair red enough. except yeah. for the Republicans. So it's, it's, but there aren't any good ma- uh, bracelets for it. It's like uh, you've got the, the sports loop, which is nylon. I'm sorry. No, I don't no. believe that when you run, that that's not going to get gross with sweat. I just flat out don't. And um, so I'm going to try pairing it with like my current black Milanese loop uh, and hope it doesn't look too trashy. <laughs> and if it does, I guess I'm going to be buying the uh, the modern buckle if you say it doesn't suck, Christina. She says it yeah. doesn't suck. It do- doesn't suck. I like it. Uh, um, since yeah. we are talking about fitness... Mm-hmm. Shall we smoothly segue yeah. into discussing oh, great segue. Apple's new service and subscription bundle? So Apple has announced a new fitness service called Fitness Plus. And on top of that, they have announced a very smart thing, which is a bundle called Apple One, uh, which will be bundling together a bunch of Apple services. Uh, there are a few levels of it. So Fitness Plus is available in the Premier plan along with Apple Music, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, um, two terabytes of cloud storage, Apple News+, Plus for 30 bucks a month. But there's also an individual plan with that offers music, TV, Arcade, 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage for $14.95 a month, and then a family plan, which has the same apps as the individual plan, but 200 gigabytes of iCloud storage for 20 bucks and up to six family members. So this seems to me like a very smart thing. And weirdly, mm-hmm. even though of these, I only, ugh, now that I'm saying it, I, I, I'm second guessing myself. I have Apple Arcade and uh, I need more iCloud storage. 
So for me, me this is this is this individual plan is pretty compelling. Yeah. Um I'm just saying, Grant, you know, Christina, Frank, me, and Simone, that's five people. We this is true. Fair enough. Plan Fair. Honestly, we are a family. Yeah. We are a family. Honestly, that that, that does work because I already okay, so I pay I, I counted. Family. I, I pay twenty five bucks a month because I pay for music. I pay yep. for um, TV Plus, which I'll start paying for that in November. So that's five dollars. I pay for two terabytes of iCloud, so yep. that's that's um, uh, that's twenty five. I got rid of Arcade because I don't care. Um, uh, I'm not paying for News Plus. I'm not paying for Fitness yet. So, but I was looking at it. I was like, oh, I will totally pay the extra five dollars to get the News Plus, the Fitness, and and the Arcade. Like, I'll do that. Also, it adds the family plan aspect, so I could share it with my family cool. My only concern is, and I'm feeling a little bit less freaked out by it today than I was yesterday, but my iCloud account and my Apple Music account are associated with different Apple IDs. Oh, That is not an uncommon situation. So Apple has had ways, like, so this actually technically goes back to iTools. Some people, this situation, I'm not even joking, goes back 20 years. So Apple, like a lot of other companies, does a terrible job of not allowing you to merge different accounts. And when you signed up, at least with me, when I signed up for Mobile Me in 2008, I wanted an email address, Christina.Warren. When I did that, it created a new Apple ID that was separate from the Apple ID that I'd been using since 2003 to purchase everything from iTunes, both, you know, uh, music and then later apps from the App Store. And there was no way to merge the two. Uh, I also at some point had a .Mac account, which was also separate, uh, but that I, I got rid of a long time ago. And there's been no way to merge this. And so when I sign up, sign into my iPhone, I there's this special way where it's like, okay, I can have a different account for my apps and my music or whatever and um, a, a separate account for, for iCloud. I'm not sure how that's going to work in terms of these Apple One bundles, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't know. I'm a little concerned. Like, people are like, oh, you could just add, you know, the second account to your family plan. And I guess I could, A, I kind of resent losing a member of my family to have to do that. B, that that's still not really a solution, right? Like, I, I really just want the accounts. If you can't merge them, I want them to be linked so that when one is is there, the other, you know that it's attached to the other one. Um, but a lot of people have this problem. It is It is a smaller thing, but it is by no means like, you know, oh, various... You know, like no one else but Christina has this issue. It's no, like, I have it too. I'm yeah, right I mean, there with you. Yeah, basically, I think that if anything, ironically, it's it's an issue that affects the people who've been the most loyal and longest lasting paying Apple customers. And uh, mm. so I, I'm I'm hopeful. Um, one of the one of the engineers, and I'm certainly not holding him him to anything because he didn't say anything, but he. Uh, when he uh, announced on Twitter, you know, that his team had just launched this, people said, hey, congrats. Um, hope you saw Film Girl's thread because she's worried about this. And and his only comment was, you know, lots of people who work at Apple are longtime Apple users as well. So that has me sort of hopeful. Maybe I shouldn't be that they've thought about this and that there will be some sort of option to at least account for that when this is rolled out. Because if there's not, I'm going to be totally honest, I will not get the plan because yeah. I've thought about it in my mind and I don't know what is the worst, like, idea. Is it, like, what would be the bigger pain in the ass? Moving all of my music 
and playlists and all that stuff to a different account or trying to move all of my iCloud storage to a different account. And I honestly don't know which would be worse. I honestly don't know what would be worse. And so in absence of that, I would just be like, all right, you know what? I will not give Apple another $60 a year and um, (laughs) I will continue to not use Arcade or News Plus and won't with fitness. I'm keeping Arcade, but other than that, I'm in the exact same boat as you. And I saw this and I'm like, oh, great. I just saved $15 a year, which is great. Mm -hmm. So there it is. Um, I want to talk just very briefly, because this is already the Supersize Show, about Apple Fitness Plus. And I I think this is really interesting because we all know Apple stuff is awesome because of the integration of hardware and software. And Peloton stock price plummeted as soon as this news came out, though it rallied later. Um, and you know, people are like, this is the end of Peloton. Ugh, I, I just really? want to tell people... I don't think like, so. Yeah, I don't either. Like, Apple stuff is awesome because those things integrate and that's what Peloton excels at. It's a really high quality bike with really good metrics on screen and really great trainers. All those things together. A, uh, you know, like watching something on your iPad with your Apple Watch is not the same as integrated uh, spin class metrics or the Peloton tread. And, you know, Peloton's been very straightforward. They're going to be coming out with the strength program, uh, strength products soon. You know, something like the Tonal, uh, which really looks good. I've been very tempted to buy it. So um, I, I guess I, I think this looks interesting. And I'm glad it's there because it's certainly a lower price alternative. But this really is, it's a weird situation because now... Apple is the Android product, right? They're the ones bringing this other thing forward that you could kind of put up with the the pain with to get a sort of equivalent experience. And Peloton is the Apple product, right? <laughs> like the really highly priced first class experience. Yeah, so I, just I think, think that analogy funny. is pretty accurate. And I, I totally agree with you. Like my little groan when you were talking was definitely like, if somebody is in a position where they are able to and want to spend what is it like two thousand three thousand dollars on a peloton this is About not going to be the the killer app for them <laughs> they are yeah. committed to a peloton you know there there right. is a a market for that um so but and at the same time there's a market for this i think those two things can definitely coexist and in this particular moment uh, when people either can't or are maybe less than willing to return to their gyms, uh, timing is very good. They're saying these uh, fitness routines that will be offered through the Apple Fitness app, there are things that might require dumbbells or no equipment at all. So they're doing mm-hmm. uh, yoga, they're doing core, running, uh, cycling exercise. Well, that requires equipment, but you get what I mean. Um, and strength exercises. So all things that you can do at home. And uh, it's frankly, yeah, it's just, it's a good time to have that available either <laughs> through your Apple One subscription or for $9.99 a month, which is definitely cheaper than a gym subscription. And in the same way yeah. that a Peloton wouldn't replace, or that this wouldn't replace a Peloton, this is also probably not going to replace your gym. However, because of the physical restrictions that we're experiencing right now, um, I think it's yeah. cool. Yeah, I was. I would say I don't think it replaces your gym, it, but it very well might replace your class pass, right? Like, like honestly, yeah. I, it, I I would be much more concerned if I were class pass than I would to be Peloton because Peloton has that hardware component. Now, I will say this: if Apple started making accessories that would work with Fitness Plus beyond just the Apple Watch, like if you could add like an altimeter or something to any sort of bike to kind of 
bring in that real-time kind of perspective to Fitness Plus, uh, then that would be something that definitely I would be worried about if I were Peloton because it would make it that much easier for people to, you know, DIY their own um, Peloton, which people already do. But um, I think the only part of Peloton's business that might be impacted by this would be Peloton has tried to extend into the space beyond their hardware where they've tried to sell their workouts and, and their classes to people who don't own their hardware. This, I do think, will compete with that pretty significantly. Uh, but to your point, Bray, I just feel like it's a different product. But if I were if I were ClassPass, you know, where you don't have like an ongoing relationship with something, you try things out. I mean, I feel like $10 a month is a pretty low friction way of at least trying something out to see like, okay, I can get some strength classes. I can maybe take some yoga classes. I have opportunities to do some other things. And the fact that they are aiming this both in price and I think just in offerings at like, you don't need to have the equipment. You don't need to have all the stuff, which is the biggest barrier, I think, for a lot of people when working out from home. It certainly is for me. This is uh, really compelling. And I've never used any of the at-home fitness products, but this is one that I could totally see myself um, using, to be honest, Um, just because I already have the watch I have all the stuff in the ecosystem, and I like the fact that they're very much kind of taking the approach of, okay, we know that you might live in an apartment and don't have like a whole, you know, garage full of equipment where you can do all this stuff, you know, like I mm-hmm. I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and Bree, I think you're the person whose opinion on this I trust the most because I think Same. of the three of us, you're the one who works out <laughs> the most. So yeah, you're you're the most fit of all of us for sure. <laughs> Uh, all right. Any any final thoughts on this? Before just it wasn't a great Apple event. Um, you know, I mean, it yeah. was fine. It was very much the same cinematography of the last one. Uh, just not really the most exciting. Like the, the iPad stuff get there. Phone news. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. I I wasn't because um like John Gruber and Mark Gurman and Gizmodo and other places were like very clear like they all but said Apple PR told us this is not a phone event. You know, they were trying to set expectations. I think that if one of those stupid leakers and if the the guy who's lying on Reddit like hadn't been like, "Oh, new phones and this and that," like people wouldn't have been expecting phones. Uh, that is coming. I don't know. I'm assuming it'll be an October event, I guess. I, 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 I guess it could come at the end of the month, but that would be that would seem weird to me to have two events in the same month. But I'm assuming that'll be a separate event. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I mean, I just I I didn't even watch it live. I was in um, meetings that I couldn't get out of. And uh, <laughs> can and I tell I, you something, Christina? You yeah. said that, and I read before that. You're like, I'm not going to be able to watch this live. I have meetings, and I'm watching it, and they go rose gold iPad. And I said <laughs> to myself, I said, if there's anything we'll get Christina to crawl out of her coffin and tweet about this, it's that. And then I looked Name, and minutes later, <laughs> boom, yep. you're there. Rose gold iPad talking about it on Twitter. So just, just have to say oh that. Yeah. No, I was going to say, well, my <laughs> notifications started going crazy and I was like, wait, wait, rose gold must've been mentioned in some way. Cause otherwise no one would care. Um, and then I was like, okay, I don't even know what this is, but I'm buying it. And, and now that I know that it's $600, you're both making me think about my decisions much more carefully. But the good news is we have several weeks before I will be making any impulsive decisions. Uh, although Simone should totally get a blue iPad Air because I think that will be a great iPad for you. Yeah, I agree. All right. It's dessert. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. All right. 
final our final topic. Now, uh, listener, you said named Eric Jacobs sent this to us, Brie. Eric Jacobson, yes. Eric Jacobson. Eric! Shout out to Eric Jacobson for knowing what we're all about. Um, folks might remember Allison Mack, former Smallville actress turned Nexium cult member who did very bad things. Allison Mack has been spotted again um, in multiple reports on Reddit and on TikTok. She is attending Berkeley, or University of California, <laughs> Berkeley, taking huh. classes such as women's studies. <laughs> um, and multiple students have complained because she was recognized and students were like, uh, hang on, she literally branded people and <laughs> was deeply involved in running a sex cult why is she here it is awaiting sentencing it, it you know pled guilty to a crime and is awaiting sentencing like she like she's guilty she's a, like i'm not saying felons can't go to college i'm not claiming that at all i'm saying that if you are awaiting sentencing for your role in human trafficking as part of a sex cult where you branded people maybe just saying just a thought the most um, uh, elite uh, public university in the United States shouldn't give you uh, a transfer admission and let you attend women's studies classes, especially those that are focusing on uh, on areas of, of, of like, you know, uh, sex and, and power and, uh, and and those types of dynamics. I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. <gasps> yeah, no, it could be awesome. Like, like you're actually sitting there. She's in the textbook <laughs> about, about terrible things women do to each other and, and don't do this like that would be awesome i don't know maybe she can go up and and guest lecture about what not to do in your career so oh Oh my god (laughs) um i have to say so eric pointed us to a reddit thread where people were like i think this girl is in my english class or something (laughs) like that or in my gender studies class and then people were like yeah so she was there and then she people complained and she voluntarily left then another person was like yeah, no, she's in English, you know, 45B or whatever. And then someone found a TikTok from June. Apparently, this has been going on since June. This is my favorite TikTok ever. Uh, Simone, you have to link it in the in It is the, uh, in the show, show notes, notes as we speak. So so this this girl, she was like, all right, this is going to be a put your fingers down game. And she's like, all right, so you're in, you know, this this class and, and somebody, you know, in your class messages you and is like, hey, here's some information about the Catholic Church and sex abuse. And you're like, oh, cool. And you look up her Instagram and she has 104,000 followers. And you're like, that's weird. And then you Google her and you find out that she was convicted of being involved in a sex cult. And you're like, no, this can't be the same person. And then you find an interview with her and you're like, nope, this is the same person. And and her name is Allison Mack. And I'm like, this is bananas. So I love this that like literally she's been, she was taking summer classes. Uh, she's been she was released to her parents' custody while she's uh, awaiting sentencing. And I guess she's just like, all right, I'm just going to I'm I'm 37. I'm just going to go back to school. Like, again, you you go, you get your education. Uh, this is both the most Berkeley thing ever. And then the response is the most Berkeley thing ever, because it seems like the most Berkeley thing ever for Berkeley to admit her, <laughs> probably because she's famous. Right. Let's be real. But then also the response of the students of just, you know, understandable outrage is like the most Berkeley thing ever. Yep. 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 It's wild. Thank you so much for sending it to us. We will, of course, also, update. Yes. Also, also, um, the there's a brand new show on HBO right now. There's four episodes. Uh, the fifth one, I believe, comes out Sunday. Uh, there's a documentary series called The Vow, which is about the Nexium. Sh- 
Uh, it is awesome. If you listened to the Escaping Nexium podcast, which I recommended, I think, like two years ago, that was really, really good. And some of the people from that podcast are in this documentary series, but it is fantastic. Highly, highly recommended if um, you want to see or learn more about the, the the cult. What I like about it is that it doesn't, it's all told from the perspective of the victims. It's not told from the perspective of the cult leader, which is how mm-hmm. Those things usually are. So if you can't get enough of Nexium and Allison Mac madness, uh, the vow on, on uh, HBO is great. Also makes this even funnier because I totally get it. Gen Z didn't watch Smallville. And if they did, they hated Chloe like the rest of us. <laughs> but but like this is she's literally like featured prominently in a documentary that is airing on HBO right now. Like, girl, at least like use it. Use a Snapchat filter on your face and like. You know what I mean? Like, like, life. <laughs> that's what, well, because well, because they're all they're all no because they're in Zoom classes. Oh God, you're so, right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, I'm so dumb. So so like, just <laughs> use some sort of filter to like hide yourself, right? Mm. Like that's what I would do. Maybe I don't wear know. a mask. I don't know. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. All right, I want to give a special shout out to the news that we didn't get to this week. <laughs> the LG Wing <laughs> twisting the screen, twisting dual screen oh. phone. Well, you'll have to wait. You'll have to freaking wait. U.S. Customs seizing a bunch of OnePlus earbuds uh, for being Apple AirPod knockoffs um, Uh. and doubling down on that. Big question mark. I'm sure we'll talk about it someday. Um, This week has been nuts. So, Christina, what are you doing this week? I mean, I'm just enjoying the ride of of all of this. Um, I, so Microsoft Ignite is next week, and we are going to be doing the same thing that we did with Microsoft Build, where it's 48 hours of kind of wall-to-wall content. So you can go to myignite.microsoft.com uh, if you want to join in. I've got the night shift again. So uh, if you are on the other side of the world, uh, or if you are bored at like 10 p.m. Pacific time and want to tune in and see me vamping with with Seth Juarez uh, live, you can do that. Um, so I'm, I'm preparing for, for Microsoft Ignite for next week. And uh, that's that's basically it. Brianna, what about you? Uh, I'm also preparing for Microsoft Ignite. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing my pack, y'all. I'm uh, producing television ads. We've got a really big play coming. Uh, producing more ads this week. Raising money, just doing that political stuff, y'all. I also just beat uh, Far Cry, which was very oh nice. Exciting, so. Woohoo! Yay! Oh, when you were talking about the election happening in fifty something days, it made me realize that the election's going to be over before ski season starts. Um, and that's somehow weird to me. I don't know, man. Um, what am I doing this week? My job. I'm back from vacation. I'm back on that grind. Uh, my brain feels much, much better now. I'm very happy. And I love New England. It's great. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And I won't be able to do any like hotel tours, obviously, but I'm hoping to do some sort of like. Maybe you could do like a clean office tour. Ooh, actually, I will do that when that is a thing because that's still not. But um, how what's the status, Christina? How many candy corn are we assigning you this week? You're not assigning me any because it's not my fault. I'm still awaiting the people to come assemble my desk. They they they. uh, Simone, what's the call on that? I can't do anything about the fact that they're not available. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to say because theoretically, had it been done earlier, this wouldn't 
this would be no, done? No, it wouldn't have been. They No, that's not the case. They literally, I tried to get them in last week. I tried to get them in this oh. week. They're saying they hope they can come in next week. I can't do anything about this. Okay, that's fair. I, I will give this one to Christina. No candy corn for uh, this week. Okay, okay. Fair no enough, candy fair corn, enough. but double candy corn next week if, if it's not. Done. I mean- I mean, look, look, assuming I can get these people in, you're, you're, you're correct. But I mean, the office is like, it's, it's still in, it's still in pieces, but it will be like, as, as soon as that desk is assembled, we're, we're good. But I'm, I, I'm, you're, you're, you're correct to shame me. So that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will also say, so Relay FM is of course running their big fundraiser for St. Jude. As you know, uh, I was involved in recording a fun challenge podcast (laughs) Um, i i I ran one of the challenges i don't know how much of my stuff will make it into the finished product but if you would of course like to become a relay fm member you can go to relay.fm slash membership and i believe that is where that will be available as well as all the other cool relay fm member stuff so dope um where were we in the the outros i literally don't Uh, remember you, you, I think we were done. Oh, like, you where were are say, you online? Where, 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 uh, Brianna, what about online? you? Yep. Brianna, we're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at doomquasar, youtube.com slash polygon. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this supersized episode of Rocket. Honestly, I'm shocked that we got it in under an hour and a half. And let me do the rest of the outro fast just to make sure we, that's true. Um, please subscribe to us and uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already, because that helps other people find the show as well. Thanks again so much for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 <laughs>